This is the Stories of Asia podcast, sharing deep insights on career and personal development through stories from people all over Asia. Today, our host Sam Nyo talks to Kanj Parta Punjabi, a former fashion designer who is now a plant-based chef at Masala and Olives in Hong Kong and a serial entrepreneur. How did she manage to stir up her courage to make the career switch? Listen as they talk about how she transferred her creativity from fabrics to flavors. Good morning, Kenj. Thanks for coming to the show. Good morning, Sam. How are you? I'm good. I've been really busy, but all good on my end. How about you? How's things in Hong Kong? Good as well. Um, we've still got the COVID thing going on as everywhere else, but we're starting to get vaccinated, which is great. For those who don't know you and not familiar with what we do, right? Do you mind quickly introducing yourself and a bit about what you do at this moment? Yeah, sure. So I'm Kanj. Um, I'm a plant-based chef and a serial entrepreneur. Um, right now, I have a business called La Taula, which is a vegan cheese and sweets online retailer. Um, and also another business that stems off that, which is Masalas and Olives, and that's a raw vegan private dining experience. Okay, so let's talk about this, right? Now you mentioned you're a serial entrepreneur. You now run FMB in the FMB space itself. What I get there was that previously, you came from another industry that starts with F, but not FMB, it's fashion. Right. Yes. Drastic <laughs> difference. Fashion to FMB. Walk us through that. Right. How was the journey from fashion to FMB? So my first business or my other career was in fashion for 15 years. I had my own retail brand um, called Kanchan Couture. It was a high-end women's wear label. Started out in Hong Kong, um, and we started off by doing private clients one-on-one, -on -one, and then we went into more mass retail and wholesale. Um, and yeah, it was just it was a great career. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But after 15 years, I had burnout. Like I was just really tired. And um, I mean, I think the fashion industry is also quite a tough industry. Well, you know, now it's changed a lot. But back then, you know, it was all about like bottom prices, cheaper clothes and, you know, faster designs and collections. And I just got tired. And so, um, yeah, I just woke up one morning. It was like a few months, you know, of like kind of like building. And then I woke up one morning and I was just like in total breakdown. And I was like, I just can't do this. Um, and so I decided, okay, I needed to, and there was like a series of, you know, I was in hospital a few times and like just feeling unwell in general. And I realized like, I'm still so young and I can't be living like this, you know? And so I decided, okay, I need to take on like healing myself and feeling better. So actually I was still doing the fashion. Um, and I could, I decided I'm going to study, um, nutrition. So I went and I studied nutrition and, from there, it sparked my, you know, learning about how to heal your body and heal yourself. And I really realized like what you eat makes a difference to how you feel. Um, and then that's kind of how I, you know, and in, in that my own personal journey decided, okay, I'm going to roll up the fashion industry and get out of that. And then slowly got into food um, and then started doing, yeah, then I became a trained and became a raw vegan chef. Um, and yeah, and then started off doing private dining. And from that, the vegan cheese business grew. And for me, I really just uh, um, see it like a transfer of my creativity. I was always a very creative person. And so, you know, when I was, uh, it was obviously creativity on fabrics, cutting dresses and things like that. And now it's on the plate, you know, with different colors, textures, smells, flavors. So that's kind of how I see my transition. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's a huge journey from one to the other. So. I like to dial back on the point during your fashion stint, right? You mentioned about 15 years or so. You mentioned a very important point, which is burnout. You know, in today's day and age, it seems like, especially during COVID period, right? Where burnout seems to be more prevalent and it happens more frequently somehow, right? Uh, for yourself back then, when you were struggling with the burnout and stuff like that, you know, 
if you're to look back now, what are things you could have done differently and what were the causes of all these struggles in your opinion? Um, definitely, I think, I think one of them was I wanted to grow fast. And I think first, being a first-time entrepreneur, I was very young. I was very enthusiastic. So it was just like, that's all I did, work and then work hard and play hard. So it was also like a different journey in my life. Um, probably I would have done things a bit slower. Um, I would have done, tested the market differently. I would have got more into tech than I was at the time because, I mean, now tech is such a big thing. Yeah, you know, I think there's always things you could have done differently. But at the same time, I learned so much in those years. And the kind of experience it gave me in such a short period of time, I think if I was, because uh, I also worked in the fashion industry for a few years, and I don't think I would have got that kind of exposure as I did when doing it yourself, because you really have to do everything, right? So I'm not exactly familiar with fashion industry, even though I, I like clothes and stuff like that, right? But in that industry itself, does gender play a part in any of the struggles that you faced back then? I'm just curious. I would say maybe like sometimes when you were talking to like big company buyers and things like that, but I wouldn't say that much. I mean, I think fashion is quite a female dominated industry in certain extent too. Whereas I think it's quite different for food, you know, whereas you see a lot of the top chefs are all men and, you know, a lot of the kitchens are very male oriented, you know. So now that we talk about the food part where it's more male dominant F&B industry, walk us through, you know, what were some initial struggles when you kind of transited, right? How, how was it like for you and what helped you? Was there anyone in particular? Was there anything in particular that helped you switch so successfully, efficiently in that sense? So I think, um, I mean, I think it sounds efficient, but it was a period of five years, right? So it did take a certain journey because I had to like study a kind of a whole new thing and I had to get better at it, right? So food is also a craft. So the first years, uh, what I was making was, you know, not as where I am now. So I think, it did take some time. And I think that is also the journey of having a business. I think, you know, when you're running your own business, there's always a lot of challenges that come your way. I think for me, the biggest struggle is probably overcoming my mind, my own myself, you know, and I think myself, I am always quite the barriers when I look at something and I say, why hasn't I done this? And it's usually my mindset that's the barrier rather than what is going on around me, uh, which is a big belief of mine. So I think for me, it was like these years as I've grown as a person, my mind has changed and be, been able to have more tools to cope with different things. So so what went through your mind back then? What, what were the negative thoughts or what were things that were stopping you from reaching the greatness that you hope to achieve? And then after that, right, what kind of tools did you put in place, right, to kind of overcome all that? I'm curious to find out. A lot of the stuff is self-talk, right? Um, what you tell yourself in your head, like, oh, nervousness, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not sure, or how to overcome this, or how am I going to go make that billion dollar deal or whatever it is, you know? Um, and I think for me, over time, it's realized, like, I have very strict rituals that I do every day. So meditation every morning, which helps me clear my mind. I have a notebook where I do a gratitude journal. Um, I pray and I also write like, okay, what are my object objectives? So every year um, I do goals and I set 10 goals, usually together with my husband. There's some that are together familial and some which are my own personal. And then we look, we look through them like every quarter to see where we've gone. And then on a daily basis, I write, um, I write uh, affirmations 
And I also write like objectives. So what is my four objectives? And then what are the steps that I'm going to take to them? And then also, who am I being, you know? So, I mean, there's some days where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not where I want to be, you know? And so then I'm like, okay, well, who do I need? I need persistence today. I need grit, you know? And so I write those things down and then, then it, you know, gets me in a mood. All right, like, let's just take on whatever the day brings, you know? So, and I think with COVID, right, it's been very up and down for a lot of us, especially like not being able to see our families, being stuck at home, having a whole different schedule to what you're used to you know so i think these rituals have really helped me keep my sanity through 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 the time and, and i notice it's very easy like if there's a couple of days where i don't meditate i'm off so meditation is like a new coffee basically you need a daily dose you know to keep you clear <laughs> but essentially i think what you mentioned is very important can you mention about you know regardless of the activities right meditation the gratitude journal itself or whichever activity it is it's about giving you that clarity I think so often what happens in the current day and age where everything's moving so quickly, whether we're in corporate, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, things just move so fast, right? And we are constantly fighting fire, trying to find the next steps. And we often lose sight because of that. And I think that's one, also one big cause for getting burnout. So I think it's a very important point that you brought out in terms of creating clarity for ourselves in whatever way, I guess, you know. So yeah. the, part, the part of meditation, right, the part of meditation is something that I resonate with because the birth of SOA, a short story over here, right, was also through meditation, you know. I was a little mm -hmm. bit lost, you know, like the first company I started, People Mentality, it was doing pretty well after about a year or so. And then I was thinking, what's next? This question of what's next always comes to my mind. And then I started meditating for three days. First day, it was like, okay, it felt pretty good, relaxing, but nothing really came out. Second day, what happened was that was a bit inching closer to that idea that it feels that like something is coming, right? And finally, on third day, it kind of dawned on me that, hey, this was what I wanted. This was what I needed as the next step. And hence, SOA was born. So I really resonate with that uh, meditation bit, actually. And the point about listing down. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. It was amazing because I'm not a big, meditation person but i do it from time to time to just give me the clarity to relax my mind a little bit right we, we always say mm -hmm. meditation is like a, a vacation for the mind i think that's a, a mm -hmm. tagline for one of the app that i use i can't remember which one but yeah that was quite interesting <laughs> the other bit you mentioned is about listing down your goals because i think very often while we know where we want to get to right is that unless we list it down we don't have that full picture to, to see clearly and recently when i had a conversation with a hr director in, based in singapore itself he was sharing something very interesting he said you know recently he started embarking on a not exactly a bucket list but a list of things he wants to accomplish before he ends his career basically and he said he had a target of 300. i said why 300 is it like the, the sparta movie kind of thing right <laughs> but he said, he said it's not it's not he said it's because he just want to have a stretch target to force himself and he started thinking that, you know, I need to have targets that are personal um, down in different phase of my career, as well as, you know, anything else. And at this moment, he hasn't completed a 300 yet, but it forces him to think and constantly have clarity, which he, he breaks down even further from day to day. So I thought that's very useful. So thanks a lot for sharing the practical tip in terms of creating clarity itself. Um, sure. Let's talk a bit about then now uh, moving forward. One thing that you have learned when you shift the industry, right? Of course, you mentioned the commonality is that it's still creative. It's shifting the creative from fabric to play. I, I love that, what you mentioned just now. What, what have you learned about maybe yourself? You know, what, what is one important takeaway when you shift the industry? Well, one thing I learned about myself is I'm not a patient person. <laughs> and uh, being an entrepreneur, you need a lot of patience. So that's definitely, um, that's something I learned about myself. But if you're looking about, if you're looking in general about businesses, I think, um, I think that all businesses, it doesn't matter what it is in general, they're very similar, right? You start off 
small and then it's all about growing and scale and how do you scale, right? So I think for me, I really am getting better at understanding what scalability is um, and how to scale that. And also what I really, um, I guess one of the things I learned is like, you get so much advice from different people, right? And I think when I was younger, I'd be like, okay, okay, I need to change it. Now I take the advice, I listen, and then I go and meditate and do my, and then I realize like, what is it that I really want, you know? And then what can I take out of that? So I think if I've, if I've really learned something in the change of businesses, it's more about like, as you said, again, gaining clarity as to what it is really that I want, you know, and how I can kind of, um, kind of, you know, take that on in the future you know so and then i think if you're talking about like outside just like actual business i mean i think there's so many things every day that i'm learning you know like food labeling like labels on food you know on food packaging so different from fashion labels you know so just like technical things new things that I, i'm learning every day licensing you know kitchen like i i moved into a, a licensed kitchen last year and you know just like learning about that it's so different right in fashion you don't have any of that so um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff that I learned along the way about the different industries. But yeah, I think it's, you know, nowadays with so much information out there and um, and I guess you have to find a good mentor, you know, and I think finding a good mentor who is from the industry and can guide you or just like point you in the right direction. You know, I think that's always good or having friends with similar businesses. And then you can be like, so what did you do? Like, how did you do that? And what's the best way to do it? You know, so Mentorship to me is a big thing as well. You know, for me, what helped accelerate my career or made me jump out of the corporate world, which wasn't the intention at the very beginning, right? Was really a mentor as well, or even multiple mentors for that matter. Let, let's dive into the topic of mentorship for you. Um, sure. Could you share like an example of a mentor or mentors that you have and how has your mentor actually guided you on this journey? I've always had mentors my whole uh, career, even when I had a fashion, when I had my fashion business. So when I had my fashion business, I'll tell you a little bit about that first. Um, when I had my fashion business, I had an executive board and these were all mentors from different areas and different industries. So my father was one of them. He has, he had his own business, started his own business very young. And then uh, the comp- the company went public. So he kind of had like that whole in, you know experience of how to take a co- small company from a startup to, you know, um, a public listed league, public listed company. Then I had another guy from marketing. Then I had another guy from the fashion industry. So, and these guys, like, okay, every month on month, we would meet. And then I would go through them with like, okay, this is all my issues. How can I solve them? Or what can I do? Or just about future planning. So I think for that, it was really good because then I had a board of members from different areas. Then I had somebody who worked like, at, who was a high end at Quicksilver and he was from manufacturing. So then he would, you know, give me advice on that. So I think it's very, very important to have a strong group of mentors. And then now in the food, I have another mentor who, um, who had a, has a, had a very successful food business and now has sold it and is retired. So, you know, I think it's very important to surround yourself with people who have actually done what you want to do or at least have the experience. So then you can, you know, ask them questions and, and vice versa. Usually it's quite exciting for them to be able to, you know, talk and work with smaller businesses and, you know, if they like the product or whatever, they get usually quite excited about it themselves too. Talking about people, which is a very important element that you said, right? You need people whom you can look up to, who have the expertise, who have walked the talk in that sense. 
how do you find the right fit then? I mean, sometimes, obviously, certain people are experts, but somehow it just doesn't align, you know, with you and your personality and your value system. How do you look for people that aligns with you in that sense? Um, I think it's the first conversations that you have with them, you know, and I think it depends on what you're searching for, right? Obviously, you have to vibe well with the person, but then like, so, um, you know, for me, I really wanted somebody who was very strong with numbers, okay? And so I went out and like, I, actually, my mentor just kind of came to me was through a through somebody we knew and then but and then he is very strong with the numbers things you know and so it was really good like I think of course you have to have as I said the first conversation you need to vibe you need to have that but then at the same time they don't need to be the same as you and that's what you need I think because if the mentor is the same as you then you don't really need a mentor you know you need somebody who's going to challenge you who's going to know know different things that maybe that you're not so good at and you want to learn or you know so I think yeah definitely it's about like vibing with them but it's also about having somebody who has different values to you so looking for someone who's complementary rather than someone's identical i think that's important right yes even exactly. from an entrepreneurship point of view i think often when we talk about hiring people it's not about hiring people who are exactly the same but what are your areas of weaknesses you know and your strengths i think the first and foremost it goes back to your point about clarity isn't it knowing what you're good at what you can't do that will be better dealt with if you have people of great talent like my team for example you know video editing you know certain parts of storytelling certain parts of community building for example that perhaps are not things that are my strength in that sense or not priority in that sense so i really resonate the part where even it comes to mentorship not just the team you're building also find people who compliments you while aligning on the value system i think that's very important so okay let's talk a bit about the business itself right you know we all know like you mentioned COVID 19 hit pretty much everyone hard, right? And 2020 yeah. was a year of adjustments. How was it for you last year, right? How, how did it affect your business? What kind of opportunities did you um, identify? And did you manage to switch to, to something useful for yourself? I mean, just curious about that as well. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I was doing a lot of private dining initially, which was, you know, big groups of people together, right? So with COVID, that obviously kind of went out the window. Um, and so then I decided, okay, what can I do? So it was like, and I have two kids, so I was homeschooling. It was just very stressful, you know, with everything going on. So I decided, okay, what can I do? And I, I took a step back and I said, okay, what can I do? Obviously, I can't do that many private dinners. And it's always in between the times when things are open and you have like that one month window and you don't know what's going to happen. So I scheduled a few private dinners and I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to get online and just start, you know, giving back to the world and doing online classes and online like free tips for people for cooking. And then from that, the people who had come to my dinners, they loved my cheese. So actually for me, my online business was really born from COVID, you know? And um, yeah, and it just made it because I think people were home a lot. People wanted some other kind of options um, to eat and so people started asking me to buy my vegan cheese and I said sure and then from there we like created the whole concept and I like I knew that in my meals my strong point is my cheese and my sweets so I said okay how can I bring that to people's homes you know instead of bringing them to my home or to a restaurant you know so so I think yeah it's been it's been an interesting journey of course with um yeah, with COVID is for everybody. But at the same time, I think there was a lot of opportunities as well, you know. And I think for me, I saw a really, like, I saw a unique opportunity because more people were at home. And now everybody was, like, having friends over or, you know, eating more at home. So, 
It's cool because I think when, when people face with challenges, typically they see a roadblock in front of them, right? Thinking, okay, that's a problem and I can't solve it, you know, because it's a problem basically. But what entrepreneurs do or those who are more enlightened will typically see this is an opportunity for me to reflect again, right? If I'm facing a problem like us back then for SOA and for my businesses, you know, income got hit really badly at the very beginning of COVID. It was almost zero basically. And it was a tough time for me because back then my, my son was just born. So imagine a new son born, you know, income just hit from five digit to really almost zero. Basically, it was quite hard. So, so back then, I think what woke me up was that I realized, okay, it tells me that my business is not foolproof. I need a system that's more robust. And how can I pivot in a way where, you know, regardless of whatever crisis that comes or at least for most crises that happen, I can still survive and thrive eventually. And I think because of that, it got me thinking a lot, got me reinventing myself. And here we are, you know, doing pretty okay this year, at least for now. So I think likewise, like you said, it's, it's, it's really cool you know, that it got you the opportunity to think of how can you develop not just offline, but the online business as well. So I think there's something for all our audience to understand that every crisis that comes, is actually an opportunity, you know, for us to relook and reinvent ourselves to become even better version of ourselves. I think that's so, so, so important. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it gave us a minute to stop, you know, and then rethink about what's going on. And, and I think also you, you kind of realize like what's important. So Kench, I think before we get off the call, you know, so much great insights from you, all the lovely stories. If there's one advice that can give the audience out there, right, who's looking for a big switch, you know, whether it's mid-career to something else, to entrepreneurship, a different industry, what would that one thing be for them to get started? Be courageous. Okay. <laughs> because uh, I think, you know, when I shifted industries a lot for me, it was like a big identity thing. You know, I was in fashion. Everybody knew me as one thing and Hong Kong is a small community. And I was I was like kind of lost a little bit. Like, how is how am I going to identify with this new, you know, and then also like how people perceive you. Right. Like, oh, now you're good. Now you're, before you're this, now you're this. So I think it took me some mindset training and just being courageous and being like, you know what, and embrace embrace what you love, you know? And I think when you embrace what you love, people can see that life is so short, uh, as I think most of us have seen this year. Right. So don't wait to do something that you really want to, you know, just like go, go out and do it. And of course do it in a practical way, you know, but still you need just don't, don't waste any time. Nobody knows tomorrow. So cool. That that's very important and great advice. So finally, if people want to look for you, where can they look up and, and find out more about what you do and connect with you further? Sure. So my website is lataula.com um, and they can find me there or on LinkedIn, Kanch Porta Punjabi. So stay courageous, be in love with what you do, showcase what the value you can deliver. With that, Kanch, thank you so much and wish you all the best. Thanks for listening to the Stories of Asia podcast. Be sure to follow us at the handle Stories of Asia Co. That's Stories of Asia Co. Also, don't forget to follow our founder, Sam Neo on LinkedIn for more career tips and insights as well. Check out the podcast description for the links. Thanks, and we'll see you in the next episode.